Our Bible reading is Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. We live in a hungry world. And whether it's physical hunger for the next meal, intellectual hunger for the latest information, emotional hunger for the next fix or attention, or spiritual hunger for the latest revelation, the reality is that hunger is all around us and many people are starving. And the question is, not whether this is the case or not, but who or what is feeding that hunger? I mean, we know, not least because it's, it's always there before our eyes in advertising, that there is so much advice about healthy foods for healthy bodies or techniques and formulas for a healthy lifestyle and healthy minds all which can be helpful and good. But there is much less advice out there when it comes to healthy food for the soul and spirit. And often that which is presented denies and rejects the very source of who we are and the one in whose image we're created, the Lord himself. And it's so important that this kind of hunger is not neglected or overlooked. In fact, Jesus addresses this in Matthew 6 when he says, Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. In other words, he's saying, you know, food, drink, and clothing for the body, of course it matters. And your Father knows this and will provide. But a greater food for the soul that lasts forever is found in seeking after God and his kingdom and his word. And this must not be neglected or overlooked. And so today, following on in our Bible series, The Bible for Life, I want us to look at how God's word is food for our souls. And using this passage in Matthew 4 and the temptations of Jesus. To look at how when we feed on him and his word, not only is that deep hunger within us satisfied, 
but the overwhelming reality of wholeness and well-being feeds and fills the atmosphere around us as well. Just before we turn to it, I, I first want to touch on a well-known passage in the Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. I'm sure you know the story well. The people were hungry and Jesus fills their physical hunger when he turns five loaves and a few fish into a feast. And yet, what we often miss is the way that their physical hunger is superseded by a far greater hunger, as we see in John's account in John chapter 6. And the way, if you like, their appetite grew at the thought of a leader who could feed and lead the nation, a little like their hero Moses, and set them free from oppression. And so their plan was to take Jesus by force and to make him king, John chapter 6 verse 15. And Jesus perceiving this, he withdrew to the mountain by himself alone. And yet undeterred, the crowd's hunger drove them to search him out, only to discover the next day he was on the other side of the lake. And, and the point is this, what they found in Jesus was someone who was not out to feed their personal satisfactions and egos as they had hoped. And many people still do the same today, They're looking to leaders to feed their hungry appetites, whether these leaders are in government or media or even in the church. What they found in Jesus was someone who had come to feed them with the food of heaven. The Son of God who had come to give them food for their souls and food for eternal life. As Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Boom! What a message! And yet, as we see, it falls on deaf ears and even causes offence. See, struggling for some kind of justification for this greater hunger that they have. The people then try to compare Jesus with Moses, who fed the Israelites with manna. But Jesus is not going to entertain any such myth or misunderstanding. Firstly, it was not Moses who fed the people for 40 years. It was God. Secondly, the true bread of God is far greater than any manna that we can consume. Verse 33 of chapter 6, Jesus says, It's he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Namely, Jesus himself. He is the true bread. And literally, the bread that is living, the bread that gives life. And thirdly, whoever comes to him will never grow hungry. And whoever believes in him will never go thirsty. And the tragedies we see in chapter 6 is seeing the way the crowd responded to Jesus by complaining at his message and grumbling at his challenge. And as we look at this, I just want to say to us, let's not be like that. You see, Jesus' message and challenge to them back then is still the same today. For us to be those who hunger after salvation, not satisfaction. To be those who hunger for the things of God rather than the things of man. To be those who hunger for that which endures for eternity rather than that which lasts for a moment. And now just turning back to this temptation account in Matthew 4 that, I, uh, that was read a moment ago. To be those who hunger 
for the word of God, which is food for our souls, rather than feeding on any scraps of man that leave our souls empty and wanting. It is written, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, verse 4. Let's just take a moment as we look at this. I don't know whether any of you have been to a desert or have been in a wilderness. I, I have a few times in my life, in particular the Judean wilderness. And one thing is clear. You have to make sure you have the necessary provisions in order to survive and complete the journey, most notably food and water. But what we see here in this account is that Jesus' provision in the wilderness for these 40 days is the word of God. Let me just say that again. Jesus' provision in the wilderness is the word of God. And this is more than enough for him. Led by the Holy Spirit, verse 1. He feeds on the word of God as he fasts without food, verse 2. And how do we know this? Well, when the devil came to tempt him with the words, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Jesus' first words are scripture. His first words in that place of desperate hunger. And verse 2, the verse of the Greek word, pineo, actually means famished. His first words are not, well, let me have a quick drink and a bite to eat and then I'll answer you, Satan. Neither are his first thoughts entertaining the idea of turning a stone into bread, which he was more than capable of doing. And under the circumstances would have been justifiable. The very first words that come out of Jesus' mouth is the word of God. It is written, verse 4. It is written, verse 7. Away with you, Satan, for it is written, verse 10. I mean, just think about this for a moment. Under such conditions and pressures, this simply would not happen unless you're meditating day and night on the scriptures and feeding and feasting on God's word. See, our natural human responses, especially at times of desperation, are to meet the need in the moment. To drink when thirsty, to eat when hungry, to sleep when tired, to rest when weary, and so on. And yet what Jesus shows us here, even in the, the face of this real and brutal temptation, is that God's word is food for our souls. And just to break this down further, what Jesus reveals is that when we feed on the word of God, we have all that we need and we can know our sufficiency in him. When we feed on the word of God, we're safe in God's hands and can know our security in him. When we feed on the word of God, we are firmly and eternally established in God's love and we can know our identity in him. And it's these three aspects, sufficiency, security and identity that I want to finish with here in this talk. Firstly, our sufficiency. 
God's inspired word, along with his presence, is sufficient for us, for our lives, and for living. In a sufficiency, along with contentment, are qualities today that are not celebrated in the way that they should be. To Jesus, who enjoyed and hosted many meals, he's not denying us the importance of food for our bodies or saying that we should deny ourselves. But citing that great passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8, where on behalf of the Lord, Moses addresses a new generation of Israelites who are destined to possess the promised land. Jesus is revealing a lasting truth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. In other words, there is a food that is greater than bread. And actually we could replace this word bread for any other word. Finance, security, possessions, wealth, health, education, relationships and so on. There is a food that's greater than this. And this food is called the word of God. And by it we live. By it we have all that we need for living. By it we can know our sufficiency which means we have enough and more. You know, for the Israelites back then in the wilderness, this sufficiency was, as we see in verse 6, keeping the commandments of God and walking in his ways and fearing him. Knowing actually that as they did that, the blessings would come as they were being led into a good land in which they would eat bread without scarcity, and lack nothing, verses 7 to 9. For Jesus, in this account throughout his life on earth, sufficiency meant having his Father's ever-present word, John 5, 19, feeding and guiding him in the power of the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the very reason he came into the world. And for us, Actually, sufficiency should mean the same thing. Having the Father's ever-present word feeding and guiding us in the power of the Holy Spirit as Jesus dwells in our hearts in order for us to fulfill our calling and the plans that God has for each one of us. When we feed on the word of God, we have all that we need and we can know our sufficiency in him. But we're also safe in his hands and through his word we can know our security. Many years ago I took my brother to Israel following my gap year there the previous year. And one of the things we did was to walk the, the Wadi Kelt. The route from Jerusalem down to Jericho through the Judean wilderness, passing by St. George's Monastery. I'd walked this route before, but somehow with my brother, we, we got onto a path that increasingly became dangerous and steep to the point that we were literally hanging on to the side of a cliff, recognising our need that we had to go back and try and find another route. But I still remember that moment today because as I was hanging, 
I, I vividly heard an inner voice, that of the enemy, like screaming at me, saying, go on, throw yourself down and God's angels will catch you. Go on, throw yourselves down and God's angels will catch you. Go on, throw yourselves down and God's angels will catch you. It came at me again and again. And for that moment, and it was like a sickening, dark, desperate moment that seemed to be an age, this battle went on in my mind. Until I came to my senses and started to quote any Bible passage that I could think of. You see, I knew what was happening. I knew what the enemy was trying to do to me. But immediately as the word of God was spoken, as it was spoken out of my mouth, that darkness and that inner voice left me. And we were able to backtrack to safety and find another route. See, not every situation in life is like that. But God always knows the safest path for us to walk on. And when we come to these crossroads in life, or when we even face these cliff edges moments in life, God's word keeps us safe as we feed on it and as we speak it out. You see, Satan, the enemy, he knew the plans over Jesus' life because it had been prophesied to his mother Mary in Matthew chapter 1. And at this opportune moment, he did all that he could in those three temptations to kill, steal and destroy Jesus' ministry before it even began. And he does the same today. He tried it with me all those years ago. And especially where there have been prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives, the enemy finds these opportune moments to bring us down and to destroy our lives, whether ourselves in relationships, our well-being or even life itself. And this is why it's so important for us to feed on God's word and to know our safety and our security in him. To know the truth, for example, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and any tongue that rises in judgment we condemn. This is our heritage as the servants of the Lord and our righteousness is from him. Isaiah 54, 17. If you don't know it, memorize that verse. It's a verse that keeps us safe and secure in Jesus. Or declare the truth. I will serve the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Psalm 91 verse 2. Again, learn it and know it. You see, this is the real food for our souls. And this is also the food that feeds who we are, our identity. God knows and the devil knows that the real prize of life, the crown of glory that awaits us, is that in heaven. When we go to be with him for eternity. And you see, in his great love, God knows that his word, along with his presence, is the very best food we need to ensure that we keep going on the path of sufficiency, security and identity in him in order to attain that glorious prize. And in fear and hatred and destruction, the devil knows this as well. How unsurprising then that Satan's first words to Jesus in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting when he knew he was hungry in this passage is if, if you are the son of God. 
You know, one of his most effective tactics is causing doubt about who we are and accusing us of who we're not. And he knows that outside of God's word, there is great potential for confusion. And Jesus laying down his majesty and glory and coming to earth to be like us. Jesus knew his identity first and foremost because of what his father had spoken to him. The word he was given before that crowd of witnesses at his baptism. And the father was audibly heard to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. How that would have fed Jesus' soul. And feeding on this truth, it's literally three verses later that we find the enemy trying to cast doubt by questioning Jesus' identity with the word if. And if he did that with Jesus, the Son of God, how much more do you think he would do that with us? You know, identity crisis is one of the most damaging and debilitating conditions we see around us in our society today. And it's so important for each one of us to counter any lies, just as Jesus did with the truth of God's word for us and for those around us. And so if we are feeling lonely and alone, we need to open the Bible and first and foremost, speak truth, knowing that Jesus is with us always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verse 20. If we're feeling lost in life, we don't know where we're going in life. Our direction has gone out the window. We need to open the Bible and our very first words need to declare the truth. As the Lord says to us, you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, Jeremiah 29. Knowing that it's the Father's will that no one is lost, Matthew 18. And that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, Luke 19. And that he guides us and he leads us, Psalm 23, to places of rest with him. If we're feeling empty... We need to open the Bible and the first word that proceeds out of our mouth before anything else needs to be an affirmation of the truth of who Jesus is. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, 35. And then feed on him and on his word. And if we are struggling to know our identity. We need to open the Bible and counter these lies of the enemy with opening our, our mouths and speaking words of truth. John 1.12, but as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in his name. 
Knowing that if we believe in Jesus and we've given our hearts to him and our lives to him, we are his precious children. As Paul writes in Galatians 4, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir of God through Christ, this is who we are. And as we feed our souls on this truth of God's word, nothing and no one can snatch the truth of our identity in Christ away from us. Yes, similarly, if life is going well, we still need to open the Bible and with our first words declare the truth of who God is and his presence with us. Lord, your love is eternal. Complete the work that you've begun. Psalm 138. It is so important to know that God's word is the very best food we need to ensure we keep going on the path of sufficiency in him, security in him, and knowing our identity in him. As I bring this talk to land, let me ask you this question. What is feeding your soul? Together, what is feeding our souls? My prayer is that as you've been listening to this talk, the Holy Spirit has been revealing a reality that actually you've been feeding your heart, mind, soul and strength more on what you watch on the TV or read in your phone or absorb in social media or consume in terms of quick fixes rather than on God's word. You see, Jesus says to us, man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We live. We have life in his fullness. You know, this is what the written word and his continual spoken word is for us. We live and we have life by his word. We come alive by his word when we read it and digest it, living in us. We do life when we know God's word and live in accordance with it by faith and obedience. And as much as none of us would naturally starve our bodies of food or drink or breath or movement, let's not do the same to our souls and our spirits. And for those out there who are parents, don't do the same with your children and those that you have responsibility over. Read God's word and read God's word to your children. And know our sufficiency is in him. Digest God's word and let your children do the same. And know that our security is in him. Feast on God's word and make every opportunity for your children to feast on the truths and the the wonders of who God is and his love for them. And know our identity in him. Because this really is the very best food for our souls. Let's pray together. As I was thinking about how we respond to this, the Holy Spirit gave me a challenge and and I believe it's a challenge 
for all of us. In one hand I have a phone, in the other a Bible. Which of these gets the greater attention day by day? Well, if the truth be told, myself included, it's probably for most of us the phone. Now, of course, many of us use these phones to work with and that's completely understandable. And I'm not saying that's wrong for a moment. You know, thank God for technology and we're able to do this. And thank God for these phones, which are like mini computers in our hands and do so much for us, which is good. But this, unless we're reading the Bible, does not feed our souls. This, the Word of God, the very Word that God has spoken to us and given to us in this written form, is the very best fuel and food for our souls, for our spirits, actually for our bodies, for our emotions as well. And as we respond, I just want to encourage each one of us to know the truth. This is what will feed us. This is what will satisfy the hunger. And actually, as we hunger for God, the amazing thing is, the supernatural thing is, is we become more hungry. As we read God's word, our appetite grows to know more of God's word and know more of him as we read his word to us. So as we respond, just let the, let the Holy Spirit speak into your hearts and minds. Reveal those areas that we need to change and address. So that we're doing the very best for ourselves, for our children, for those around us. And out of that overflow, we change the environment around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you that is all that we need. And we find sufficiency in you as we read it. Thank you that it guides us along the safest path. And we find security in you as we feed on it. Thank you that you reveal the truth of who we are, our identity in you. And our hunger is satisfied as we feast on it. Holy Spirit, would you show us the areas in our lives where we give more attentions to other things than to your word. And day by day, lead us to that place to be like Jesus, where our first response, even in times of desperation, is to declare the truth, to speak out your word, to see darkness flee and light shine upon us and light shine around us for those to see. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you that your word is food for our souls.
Amen.